Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Why are you carrying crippled players <laughs> through a restaurant on the way out? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was, that just seems so crazy to me. It's like they haven't figured out where the tunnel is. That's <laughs> We're far enough removed from it to, to actually do this now. Yeah, it's, t- it's Tuesday, so apologize for not getting it out yesterday. But, uh, this, yeah, Mark, you're probably right. It's nice to have some perspective on it, maybe. It's better this way for everybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many people would be were, like, running on Monday morning to check to see the, the Packers podcast after that depressing-ass game. Yeah. Ooh, let me – Talk more about this horrible thing I just witnessed. I think more people are interested when we do poorly, though. Perhaps. Well, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. So here, I think there's an obvious big story here, and that is awesome stadium, very nice stadium, Minneapolis. But why are you carrying crippled players <laughs> through a restaurant on the way out? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was, that just seems so crazy to me. It's like they haven't figured out where the tunnel is back to the locker room. Well, it's I, I imagine it's one of those things where they're trying to make the players and the fans be close together. So, like, <clears throat> that's probably some sort of VIP area, and you can – be there when the team walk runs out and that kind of right, stuff. Right, no, uh, part of it. Dallas has the same thing. I think some other but, stadiums but you should have do another, too. Right when when you have your star player has to get care. Not there's no cart. There's no the guy. Well, his, he, there's no cart. Yeah, unfortunately, I actually heard a, a Minneapolis radio guy say that Adrian Peterson refused to be carted off the field, and that's why he had to like walk through a bar. So he's not allowed to, to walk through the tunnel that the. The little truck would go through. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> when I was watching that thing, I was just like, it made me feel like they were at a zoo. They're like, and, yeah. and here comes one of those players. <laughs> look, everybody, you know, look looks, at the spectacle. He looks like people. he's in his natural environment. <laughs> he looks like people. Thought, like you could reach yeah. out and touch him. Looks like he has feelings almost. So real. Yeah, I don't feel bad about it at all because it's Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, non-repentant child abuser, which like he's not repentant. And so he should just be introduced occasionally and not have a problem with it. People being like, ladies and gentlemen, Adrian Peterson, who enjoys beating children 
Here he is. <laughs> what do you do, man? Well, you said you didn't have a problem with it. You said that's just the way it is. That's the way you're raised. So that's you. Anyway, so <laughs> he's hurt. I heard torn meniscus. Um, and then I, but I haven't got a timeline on when he comes back. Uh, it could be as soon as next week or it could be several weeks. Um, but knowing his recuperative powers, um, HGH, uh, he could be, <laughs> he, he'll probably be back on the short end of that. Uh, but from our point of view, here's the question I want each of you to give a chance uh, to try and answer. Is Aaron Rodgers done? Ty? I don't, I don't know. I mean, he, he didn't look like the Aaron Rodgers that we all come to expect. Um, I guess I, the second game of the season, you kind of think that you'd have your shit together a little bit better. And he was, it, like, I only saw the second half of the game, but how many people he overthrew and just bad passes and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the stat that kind of sticks out to me, cause we talked about this all last year. He made a lot of unforced errors just like last year. He, there was always like, oh, we weren't on rhythm, we weren't together, we didn't have our timing, whatever. It was like that all last year. And mm-hmm. the stat that they sh- that I saw somewhere yesterday was, over the last 12 months, he has the same passer rating as Blaine Gabbert. Jeez. So, yeah, he has 15 consecutive games with without a passer rating over 100. Is that right, 15? Jeez. 15, after the sixth week of the season last year. Wow. And so, his career pass rating is like 120, right? Yeah, off the charts. It's the all-time leader. So is he a fundamentally different player now that we just have to get used to? Or I'll give another option. Okay, A, he's worse. B, uh, this offense that McCarthy's running, the league has just caught up to. Um, or C, they just need to shake it off and get in rhythm after injuries and whatnot last year. What do you guys, what do you think, Mark? Well, there's all this talk about them being too predictable. There are some stats on an ESPN article that Rob Domoski threw up that I think 77% of the offensive formations were identical so far yet this season, uh, including a three, three wide receiver set with Jordy Randall and Devontae Adams a single tight end and a single running back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big, big number. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but they're not executing. So that to me shows a little bit of stubbornness. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of leeway at the line of scrimmage. So it's really hard to say whether or not Mike McCarthy is calling the wrong plays or if plays are being checked out of too soon or they're just not executing them properly. It sure looked like the receivers that I saw were not exactly running free. So this particular game, I'm not too, I'm not too, too angry about Rogers not, you know, throwing it to guys because it did look like they were covered. But at a certain point, you do have to throw guys open, and when you're not moving the ball and you're not scoring points, you got to try something. The look, the stat line is a little misleading because the Packers actually were moving the ball fairly well. And then they just kept putting it on the ground. I mean, like five times and lost it 
twice, right? Or three times? Did we turn it over? Uh, well, we had he had one. Inter- uh, Rodgers had one interception and then three fumbles and three fumbles. One of which one lost was, fumble. Uh, yeah, Devonte Adams lost the fumble. Yeah. Um, so I, those those were tough, but we actually were moving the ball when those occurred. So when I look at the game, like holistically at the end of it, we turned the ball over at least twice, I think three times though. And we lost by a field goal. Was it 17, 14? Is that what it was? We lost by, yeah, we lost by a field goal against a great, probably, probably a top three defense in the league. And we didn't play that great on offense and for whatever reason, didn't commit to giving Eddie Lacy the ball more, even though he seemed to be doing a great job. So, um, I'm not that down about the game. Marky Sunshine. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. It's Marky Sunshine. I thought, well, I thought we were going to lose this game anyway. I thought we were going to lose it differently. But, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like several years ago, he set a standard that was not really attainable by anybody. Um, and so it's natural for us to see some drop off there. The thing that's frustrating about him is, is he does seem to have this air of negativity, especially around his teammates, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. He, he just seems like he's a little bit above them, a little bit aloof. That. Well, he should, yeah, he, he should be more mature than that. He should be. Yeah. There's, and I understand he expects to play at a high level and he expects everybody around him to play at a high level. Great. I don't know what their dynamic is on an interpersonal level, but just from a viewer, it looks like there's some tenuous moments with that group. And uh, I know that he's an elite talent. I just would kind of hope that there's a little bit more of a, come on guys, let's go do this, you know, mentality versus where were you on that one? JC Treader, you could have snapped the ball. We could have had a free play, you know, that kind of stuff was just, it's like, there's no place for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard to tell which of this is like symptom and which of it is uh, the actual problem. You know what I mean? My thing that my, here's my biggest worry. And I want to believe what you're saying that there has to be some natural regression because he did play at such a ultra elite level for quite a while. So there's going to be a little regression. My, and so that's fine. Maybe they figure it out and they find a nice, you know, medium and they can, drive on and, and still have a good season stuff. My concern though is that's not true and instead what's happening is McCarthy and his system offensively has been passed by. And I kind of thought of it because the Vikings offensive coordinator is Norv Turner who got his fame being the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And like everyone thought he was an offensive genius. But nowadays you try to run that offense because they're trying to do it in Minneapolis still. And you try, you know, with an Emmett Smith up the middle and a possession receiver and a deep receiver, that's just cliche. Like everybody knows what that is and has it figured out how to play it. Um, and that happens to coaches, you know, after 30 years, um, stuff like that just gets figured out and people move on and you have to evolve and adapt and few coaches can actually do that. They have the thing that they coach that they figured out that they're good at. Monty Kiffin coached the cover two for 50 years. Um, That's just what he did. 
uh, Tony Dungy, same thing. Other coaches have like their thing and some coaches are able to like comp- continually adapt and adjust like Belichick. And that's why he's the best coach in the world right now. But I'm, I, I'm wondering if this is a sign that the last two years on offense that McCarthy can't do that, that he's running the same stuff. And the only thing that's bailing him out is that Rogers can pull it down and dance around and figure out some bullshit because I, in the last two weeks, we've said two weeks of the season, how many passes have there been where it was in rhythm? Like it looked like that was how the play was supposed to go. It's always like a three-step drop, five-step drop, bum, bum, bum. Oh, guy's coming. Dodge him. Move around. Throw it down the field. Yeah, great play by Rodgers, but you can't run a sustainable offense that way. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's, if, if something doesn't work and you keep doing it, yeah. That's, you know, insane. Yeah. And, you know, and I have my doubts about McCarthy anyway. I mean, he starts spouting stuff off, you know, like last few years he's said random things about how Thompson builds a team and about how fat Eddie Lacy was and stuff like Like, you kind of wonder if he's just sort of so full of himself and so stuck on what he, he, he does that he can't evolve and change everything. Like, Belichick... Every, it, Every game, it seems like there's a new wrinkle, significant wrinkle that the Patriots have put in. And for a while there, it seemed like the Packers' offense was the same way. There's always like kind of a new thing or whatever. Um, but I haven't seen that in a while. And now we can't even run our offense without Aaron Rodgers doing something superhuman to dance around and get out of trouble. And that's worrisome. Yeah, you do bring up a good point. I, I do think the repetition plays into what you're talking about when you just look at the sheer numbers of the, the personnel packages that you trot out. If you do the same thing all the time, people are going to catch on. I don't think Rogers has really dropped off necessarily because we've still seen the heroic. Oh my God, did that just happen? Yeah, but we throws. don't see, we don't see like the in rhythm deep throws that were, that are like on a dime. Right. I haven't seen one of those in a year or more. And that's problematic. Yeah, and it's, it seemed like when those were happening all the time, they were throwing out five wide receivers left and right. Uh-huh. And the, I don't think they've done that yet this season. I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. I don't they know have enough stat, receivers but... on the roster. They should do it just for the hell of it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the the thing that I'm noticing, and I don't know if this is purposeful. I don't I don't know why if, if they do this. Uh, I actually think they do it to try to stay on the field longer and keep – the time of possession a little more even, but we used to have a more high, high uh, tempo offense, but now it's, we're doing the Peyton Manning thing where we're waiting until the very last second to snap the ball for some reason. And I think it's just because we pass so much that if we don't convert, he doesn't want to keep our defense out on the field all the time. That's what it looks like to me. That's the only logic I can find behind it because they're ready to go. And then they're just sitting there and Aaron is dissecting, the defense and maybe part of this is just overthinking the whole thing too. I think it is. Cause when, when Manny yeah. did that and especially at the end here, when he was in Denver and he couldn't even throw anymore, yeah. um, but he would sit there and look and look and blah, blah, blah. And they'd snap with two seconds left and he'd throw like this weak ass lame duck throw. But the guy he was throwing to was wide open. Like he had figured out where the hole was, you know, like he didn't have the physical abilities to really do it anymore. But 
with us when we do it, it there it's always still these contested throws or these throws are someone's getting led right into a big tackle or Rogers just misses. Yeah. What I, what I would like to see is the abolishment of the shotgun draw, the (laughs) seven yard pitch to Eddie Lacy. And I would like to see the seven yard slant to somebody. Yes. Just like once. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all. I, that's it. That's pretty easy. I think yeah. if they do those three things, uh, their fortunes would change. <laughs> the, <laughs> because the that's Randall the Cobb underneath the zone, sort of intermediate pass, like seven yeah. to twelve yards. Like he figures out the spot in the zone. They're on the same page. He catches it, not quite in stride, but catches it in the zone, and then takes off for a few extra yards. Like that's what we need and, to see, and we never see that. And we. And we need to see Randall Cobb in the backfield never. Yeah, that's a good idea because James Starks had, let's see how many carries he had. Well, he had seven carries somehow for three yards. I don't don't even, I remember him carrying it a couple times. One of which was was inexplicable on that fourth down and one when we, instead of trying to tie the game, thought we would go for it in the red zone. Um, I, at the time, I liked the aggressiveness of that call, but I didn't like – see, I, I feel like we have a head coach that's supposed to be even-tempered to not make that call and to just take the points and tie the game when points are at a premium, which they were very clearly at that point in the game. So, uh, the like, the gambler in me is like, yeah, go for it. But the person that's supposed to know better didn't do the right thing in that situation. I don't think. And I think he just couldn't get out of his own way. I think they tried to trick the Vikings so, so much that they put Starks in. So they would think it would be for sure a pass play. And then they end up running him and he doesn't get through one of the biggest defensive lines in the league. Big surprise, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was just a fall on your face turning point of the game for me. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so our offense is struggling. I will say that through the first two weeks and for most of last year, if not all of last year, our defense has looked solid. Like I can live with them. And, Definitely. And and one of the – I mean, they get to the passer, especially in timely situations. Um, when you have like a third and long, whenever there's like a third and ten or longer, they always just give up that little dump pass – and you're like, oh, shit, the guy's going to run for it. And then five guys meet him five yards before the first down. You know what I mean? Like they have yeah, it. They, they did a nice job with that. I think they gave up a couple fourth down conversions this week again, at least one. But you're right. Mike Daniels had a nice game. We lost Latroy Guy on. I think he has a torn meniscus too. Yeah, he's hurt. Um, um, yeah. It looks like Kenny he's... Clark looked pretty good. Um, I was watching him a little bit. He he looked like he belonged, mm-hmm. like I know. But you know he he looked he looked all right. Um, Blake Martinez thing, looks like the dude Ryan to tackle. And Martinez are the ones that we kind of have to worry about, and they didn't look deficient. No, and Adrian Peterson was a non-factor mm-hmm. before he got hurt. You know, so I thought they were doing a great job. It was yeah, nice Pe- to see. Peterson didn't get hurt till the fourth quarter, right? And he only had 19 yards. I don't remember when he got hurt. He was second. He half, was, and he only had he had yeah. twelve carries for nineteen yards. 
So, yeah, he got bottled up. So I think maybe we play them enough that we've actually sort of f- figured out a little bit. We Dom Capers and his defense have sort of figured out a little bit how to contain Adrian Peterson. Yeah, maybe. He had a bad week last week, too, so maybe he's just starting out slow this year, Of course, while too. we're doing that, Stephon Diggs had nine receptions for 182 yards. Yeah, he was all world, and we didn't have an answer for that. But, you know, missing Shields, and that Shields was one of the reasons. has five concussions, four in the pros, I guess, one in college. I um, think we've seen him play his last football game. Yeah, I mean, that gets to the point. Sadly, where I, think, I think we have. You know. it, it was such a great story, you know, coming from being a wide receiver in college and transitioning to DB and kind of being the fourth or third guy and then working his way up to kind of being the top, DB on our team, but yeah, I don't want to put a guy out there that's had five concussions. No, yeah. and he's so good, but that last concussion he got was just such a benign play. I mean, that's what happens. you could, yeah, if it was like some major blow up, huge hit, and you're like, oh yeah, he got concussed, but it looked like a Nick Collins kind of injury, you know, we're like, did that actually hurt <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. but. If he got messed up that badly from a hit like that, then he probably shouldn't suit up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but that's that's a, that's up to those guys. You know, they know – he knows his body, I guess. But I, I just hope he makes the right decision for up, up to his long-term health. in Washington. Figure out – I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that changes the dynamic of our entire season if he's gone. Of course. Cornerback really is does. an absolute premium position, and he was our number one. And even though we have a pretty good secondary, um, that's taking up like the cornerstone. So, and Morgan Burnett has a hamstring injury now too, so that could and, be and Clay, a week and, or or two months. And Clay Matthews has a hurt ankle, which we'll probably figure find out at the end of the year is a broken ankle or something. <sighs> so, so not a good day, <laughs> all in all. <laughs> No, there's a lot of injuries in that yeah. game. But here's yeah. here's the good news, though. Um, the, I guess is uh, next week play a day game against the Lions at Lambeau, first home game. Ty, are you going? Yep. And then we have a bye. So um, theoretically, we can get a, a relatively easy win. Be two and one, going to the bye, rest up some of that sh- shit. Uh, kind of. Um, you know, rethink uh, maybe some of our schemes and stuff and set off on the second half schedule. Or second half, it's like the second, you know, the second percent of the season. (laughs) Yeah, Um, We have, uh, we're hosting the Giants at Lambeau, which looks harder now than it did at the the beginning. We host four games in a row. Detroit by Giants, Cowboys, Bears. So, um... And one of those is the Bears is a Thursday night game, so you have a short. Yeah, the Bears, Bears, the Bears are a, short, a Thursday night game. The Giants are a Sunday night game. Um, so you got a very short amount of time. to. And Dallas is a late afternoon game. We go um, from a Sunday night to a Thursday night? Yeah. We, no, no, no. Ouch. We do it. No, we do a, a Sunday, Sunday night, then we do a late afternoon, and then we do a Sunday night. Or then we do a Thursday. So late afternoon Sunday to Thursday. Um, yeah, 
Then we go to Atlanta, who look like they might be garbage. We host Indianapolis, who are garbage. We go to Tennessee, who might be garbage. Uh, we go to Washington, who's garbage. We go to Philadelphia's garbage. Houston's actually good. They're coming to Green Bay. That might be the best game of the year. Houston-Seattle back-to-back. But Seattle's looked horrible, too. They just lost to the Rams. They scored three. They've scored um, uh, one offensive touchdown this year, and it was a garbage time in week one. And Russell Wilson has, like, a high ankle sprain and can barely walk, but he's still playing. Ouch. Yeah, they're not doing very well, so. Well, um, we'll get them at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, right. Everyone will just be healthy for that. Um, But when you take a step back and you look at it, Carolina's already lost a game. Arizona's already lost a game. So when you're looking at the big picture NFC, even though we lost (laughs) this game, um, we're not that bad off record-wise. The bigger concerns are, can we get our shit together? Yeah. So, but other, other than that, the, schedule the bigger concern is the same. It, easy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, we have the prevailing theme from last year, though, where we have this offensive ineptitude, but the supposed best quarterback in the league, which just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You want to see them figure that out. Yeah, I think they have to prove again that this offense, like this offensive system, can. Uh, achieve can roll can put up some points because it hasn't for a while for a long time like it used to be when everything got clicking we'd score 50 now it's like you know we scored 14 points we scored i don't know what it was last week like 24 20 something 27 27 yeah i don't know yeah 27 points and um yeah that's you know Rodgers obviously is still extremely talented, but you have to put him in an offense that people are stymied by. You have to augment his skill with, like, weird stuff, you know. So, anywhere. Or things that people aren't expecting. Keep the defense off balance, do all this, blah, blah, blah. That's what I think. I heard a stat, and I don't remember the specifics of it, which really hurts my credibility. But um, (laughs) I think... It was over the past few seasons when the Packers have run the ball at least 20 times, they're 27 and one. So we need to run the ball more? Or maybe it was when Eddie Lacy ran the ball 20 times. So you don't have any idea what you're talking about? Not, like I said, it's hurting <laughs> my credibility. Well, that's what um, McCarthy is always saying is we have to run, run, run. He's talking about in the preseason again this year. And I'm always like, fuck that. Run when you when you have to. Run when you want to. But throw the damn ball when you have all these receivers in this quarterback. I don't know. It's a... Yeah, it, it is concerning that they don't have any of the timing stuff down. Like, the quick routes, like the slant that you, you talk about where you don't need to make amazing moves to get open. You just have to run and be in the spot like they used to do. For literally decades, um, <laughs> I, I just don't know pass. why. Yeah, screen pass. The screen pass has been replaced with the shotgun draw, I yeah. guess. So I, I don't know. That that still is so frustrating every single time it happens. So uh, on Sunday night after the game, I was frustrated, and so I went on a spending spree on my PlayStation and bought, <laughs> among other things, um, the new Madden game. 
because I'm like, like normally I, I freak out and I buy the NCAA game, but you haven't been able to buy that for two years because of the lawsuit, which stinks. Because I prefer playing that to, to Madden, honestly. But So I got the new Madden game to play it. And there's a little option there where you can just let the coach call the play, which is kind of fun because then you get exposed to new plays and you don't have to think about it. And as you're learning the game, it helps you learn different formations and what people can do and stuff. And, yeah, when you let the coach call the – when you let McCarthy call the plays, every other running play is a draw, is a shotgun draw. <laughs> it's like, no! <laughs> Why are you so accurate? Video games, stop it! I don't want to. I don't want to run this play. <laughs> I think I think Mark said it pretty well when we were texting during the game. It's like a Denny's menu. <laughs> um. So guess what? My oh, they're, first running, they're running moons over my hammy. All right. So guess what? My first move was once I got this game. My first personnel move with the Packers <laughs> took over the what? Packers in the off season this year. Any what? I have no idea. Mastic, I've cut. never. <laughs> <laughs> I signed like whoever, whatever random free agent was on the street that had the longest punt average, or the biggest punt like punt power number, and I signed him, and he's been great. I'll be on like <laughs> my own thirty-five yard line, and I'll get a touchback, and I'll be like, "Yay, that's nice." <laughs> Like, nice. can you ever remember having that? Like when we're in our own end and just punt it and, oh, it's a touchback. Oh, tough bounce. It's a touchback. No, that's great. What are you talking about that tough bounce? Like kick, you know, it's a whole lot better than a 13 yard punt and they get the ball at their own 45, you know? Uh, so I did that. <laughs> then I, I, Sitton was still on the team. So I traded him and some draft picks to Kansas city for uh, Travis Kelsey. So, <laughs> and then I traded Richard Rodgers for a first round draft pick. Hey, well, I, I had like Cook, I had Cook, Kelsey, and Rodgers. I would take a first round draft pick for Richard Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I know, right? So, yeah. and actually, in this game, Eddie Lacy's very good, and so is Jared Cook. Dude, you know who was good? Uh, Sam Bradford was good. Uh, he got his ass kicked, man. I, I thought he did great. I mean, considering the complete scope of the situation, been yeah. there two weeks, doesn't know his teammates' names probably. Yeah. I thought he played great. He he got pounded, and he's he stood in. I don't know if he's if he takes hits like that all the time. I don't see him finishing the season, but he made throws that Teddy Bridgewater would never make. Yeah. I was yeah, he did great. Yeah, he looked good and. As I was making fun of him for, like, leaving the game with a non-throwing hand injury, like, my wife was here, and I'm like, she's like, ooh, it looks so gross, and it's like, broken. I'm like, Who, it's your left hand. Get your butt out there. You're making $20 million a year. And uh, then he came back out, so I couldn't complain. They did, I think they sliced his hand open to let the fluid out. Yeah. I mean. Because if they did the close-up on it, and it looked like it had shot up full of fluid, and yeah. then when he came back out. He had like a, a red bit. cut on there, and it, the the swelling was gone. So yeah, he definitely did enough. Let's see, he ended up with uh, yeah, he had a well, he had a he had a better QBR than Rogers, twenty two of thirty one, two hundred eighty. Yeah, I mean the dude, the dude was not lights out. He had a guy and Stephon Diggs that had a career night. Well, he, he had was, in every he, in he every fantastic. statistical category, he was better than Rogers, which isn't saying much, but. 
what he did do is he kept them in the game. We gave them the ball. You know, what was the turnover margin? Did we lose it? Did we lose it three times? We lost it three times. Yeah, and they still only scored 17 points, so it's not like the guy was all world. But considering his situation and the newness of it and not knowing the system, I thought he did a really nice job. And he didn't have any running game to lean on. He didn't lose it. No. No, he didn't didn't throw an interception. Their only fumble was... Um, Sedejo. He's a defensive back, though. Why would I not remember him? Sendejo. That's a guy, that's a dude that hit Rodgers when he was yeah like, two yards into the end zone. Yeah, cheap shot. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It's all coming back, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to stop it. I'm I'm on to week six against the Bears here on my on my video game, and I'm trying to. Remember that I'm four and one or whatever. So, <laughs> but um, so, uh, what are your uh, biggest takeaways from the Emmy Awards, dude? Did not watch them. Yeah, I got a what, I gotta what go tie on that? this one. It was at sun, it was that- Sunday night, the exact same same time as a football game. Wait a minute. Last year when the Emmy Awards were on, the Packers lost too, didn't they? Wait dun, a dun, dun. <laughs> I think McCarthy was watching the Emmys at halftime again. Oh, that's, Dude. That son really, of a what and what. Um, big SQ fan wanted to see if they got anything. <laughs> well, Actually, Ram- they wouldn't have lost last year. Rami Malek won Best Actor for Mr. Robot, which is very cool. Oh, yeah. And Mr. Robot. Uh, someone on um, The Ringer or 530, 438, or, yeah, I think it was The Ringer, did um, the Emmys if you could only win once. And it made it a whole lot more interesting because, you know, guys and gals, like, win two, three, four years in a row. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like once you've given them one Emmy and the show's still on the air, it's like, you kind of feel obliged to keep giving it to them because you already said they're the best, right? You know, so like Modern Family always wins a bunch. Yeah, Modern Family's won like five. West Wing won a bunch. Um, uh, uh, Walter White won like three or four in a row. Like it's, um, which is great. Those are great performances and everything. But it makes the show not worth watching because half the people that win are like repeat winners. So um, they did a thing where they they went back and like re-gave the Emmys if people couldn't win more than once in a row. And it actually had some, huh. some pretty interesting stuff. And at first I thought it'd be stupid, but it, it turned out to be pretty cool. So anyway, I Rami like that Malik, idea. Yeah. Rami Malek winning for Mr. Robot is very cool. If you haven't seen that show, you should check it out. I keep um, hearing about it, but I haven't seen it yet. And also the girl from uh, American Ninja Warrior was there. Uh, Jesse Graff. Oh yeah, yeah. An incredible athlete and uh, stunt woman, and she was there doing like back handsprings in her uh, gown, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I missed it again. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't watch it. I just, I just hear about it. <laughs> I want to get our weekly dose of pop culture in there. Perhaps in place. It's got to come from you because I'm super disconnected. Yeah, well, <laughs> it either that it, I either uh, add that or like uh, unwanted social activism. So I'll, I'll just <laughs> stick. 
Well, Mark, you were on top of the uh, Brad and Angela split up today, so you seem pretty distraught about it. Angelina? Yeah. Yeah. You mean Angela and Jolie? Yeah. Yeah. Or do you mean Brad and Angela, the guy who is dating Mark's wife? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, You guys have any, uh, what are your, what are your final thoughts going here? We have, we have the lions and then a bye, which feels, uh, you know, sort of like a letdown. <laughs> well, let's get into the bye without any more injuries. That'd be nice. And maybe a win. That'd also be nice. Yeah. If we lost that lions game, home opener, go to yeah. one and two. Yeah. Ugh. That would be rough. I do. Think, McCarthy mentioned. Go ahead. No, I, I do think McCarthy needs to get in the laboratory and start cooking some stuff up because I am sick of every single play being the Aaron Rodgers improvisation hour. Yeah. Yes, because he doesn't throw people open. Uh-huh. Really, he's not willing to take a lot of those chances, so it, it, it rarely ends well. You got to think Aaron Rodgers is probably pretty sick of that too. <laughs> you know, having to make shit up all the time. Yeah, it's like, boy, he looks like such a whiny puss all the time. <laughs> he does. It's, and I don't know if it's just the camera being unfair, but he does. He does come across that way on TV, which is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, don't worry when about he's... in in five or ten years. Um. He'll be gone. Favre will be a distant memory, and we'll be on the sixth quarterback in six years. We'll be and going, just sucking. And just like we'll be like the Cleveland Browns again. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're right. It's it's going to happen just in time for the title town thing to be completely finished. Yeah. And... <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we're managed well enough. You can really see the difference in a team when the quarterback goes down because – if Aaron Rodgers went down for the Packers, obviously it would kind of be the end of the world. But it wouldn't. We would not be out signing, or trading for signing for agents or trading for people, and to play quarterback for us, which other teams, that's what they do, right? You know, and uh, the fact is, all through the five years and through most of Rodgers' tenure, we kind of rode with the person who was second. And yeah. to the degree that they could be, they were trained up and sort of ready to go. And, um, you know, that's the way that an organization should be. If you, like, have one guy get hurt and you have to run out to the free market and find somebody else, you don't have a process in place. You're not planning ahead. Yeah, you not. just don't have a process. Right. And um, so – I mean, that's a good point. You know, that's one reason that I'm not really that down on McCarthy because for all the play calling and in-game things that are frustrating, mm-hmm. I do think the stability that he brings and the work that he, his body of work with quarterbacks, I think is, I think it's significant. And yeah. I do like the stability factor enough to the point where even if we don't win another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, the McCarthy regime, I think, probably should stay just for those reasons alone. Yeah. I think it'll keep us competitive, and if things go right, 
we could pull off a couple championships, but we've definitely hit what seems to be a rough patch. And I, I don't think you can pin it on any one, one element, but um, it, it's something that we've seen them overcome in the past and to regress into it and do it so often for over a year now is the concerning part for me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, being a dynamic offensive or defensive mind is not the most important part about being a head coach. It's uh, I, I think, I think it, it what it is, it, it, the most important part is setting that agenda and having that process in place so that you develop everybody on your roster and you have standards in place that everyone has to meet and you, you move forward as, as a team that way. And he does that, which is why I'd be, even if I'm right, or even if my hypothesis is right, which I hope it isn't, that his offensive ingenuity has stalled. Even if that's true, I don't think that that's grounds to change well, regimes. Well, yeah, I, I also think that when Mike, when Mike McCarthy got the head coaching job, I think everybody in the football world said, Who? <laughs> and I think to a fault, even he tries to take care of his own guys to a point where I think it does hurt the team. And if you do look and I don't know if this is accurate, but it, if anything, it's just strangely coincidental. When Edgar Bennett became the offensive coordinator, our offensive production just went right in the tank. Uh-huh. That I mean, if you want to look for something, that's pretty out there and we didn't have a wide receivers coach last year for some reason go figure that one out and (laughs) they kind of sucked so um mccarthy can only do so much he is the head coach he has people in place that he's trusting to do their jobs maybe there's a bit of a disconnect somewhere down the road or down the line you know in the chain of command i don't know this is all speculation on our part but it is worth noting, I, I think. Uh-huh. I just wish they'd score more touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, wish if you could get more points and win, that would <laughs> yeah. be that would be good. All right. So, so did you? Oh, go ahead, Mark. I uh, did you see the post game press conferences? No. Did you, Matt? No. Oh. Did you see what Rogers was wearing? No. <laughs> he looked like he was he looked like he was going to like a remake of the Michael Jackson beat it video. Oh, cool. <laughs> like white t-shirt, tight black leather collarless jacket. It was So like, has, I was like, Aaron, Dude, has Aaron Rodgers gone Hollywood with his It was just uh, weird, man. Girlfriend. It was just weird. Um I, I don't really want to disparage a person because of their wardrobe, because really it doesn't matter. But it just it just looked funny to me. Like, really, dude? Like, t-shirt and leather jacket, Sunday night, airplane yeah. ride home. Okay. Well, it, as far as going to Hollywood, his he has two dogs with his Hollywood girlfriend, and they, both of them have an Instagram account. So, well, Olivia Munn seems really into social media. She is, and yeah. The but you kind of have to be if your goal is to be a celebrity these days. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, hey. I uh, think those two have kind of a cute little dynamic. Sure. You know, they're they're fun. I, 
I think that's cool. I can't but... say anything bad about it. None of my business. Yeah. I'm certainly not going to be one of those people that's like, he's playing like shit because his girlfriend's a bitch. oh my gosh that has been a line of thought over the past several years for various professional athletes I think it's bullshit yeah okay anyway uh, you guys want to hear an an email yeah it's from it's from James hey okay here we go happy-ish new season hi guys hope I get this I always have this urge to uh, read this in some sort of British accent, but I can't do a British accent. So I I keep trying to stop myself. Um, Sorry. Uh, Hi, guys. That wasn't wasn't Jim's writing right there. That was was just – okay, starting now. Hi, guys. Hope I get this off in time for the pod. It was a late KO for us over here, so only been seeing highlights so far in the last five minutes before going to work. It's a bit shit yesterday, and a bit better than shit against the Jags. I'm not worried too much for the season, as Rodgers summarized post-game that there were errors that didn't help us, and he didn't seem too concerned. So I'm not too concerned. That said, on a couple of the close-ups, Mike McCarthy looked very concerned. A bit like a head coach that didn't know what play to call. Is there anything in that, or just an opportune cameraman filming out of context? Losing to a division rival without their starting QB and losing their Hall of Fame running back isn't the best result, especially as we have beaten them in the last four times we visited their new stadium for the first time. I liked that stat. I was thinking if anyone was going to buzz more from ruining opening day, it would have been the party pooper himself, number 12. I saw (laughs) the insurance advert uh, you posted on Facebook. It is excellent. Matthew plays... Uh, Clay Matthews plays a blinder at the end. Did you get it? <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. Uh, hopefully, that's, I can... that's what that's what Matthew says. What did you get? <laughs> oh, the did fly? you get it? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> hopefully, I can regale you with drunken antics following great wins in the podcast to come. But for now, I'll say it's good to have you back. But I've not missed you as much as I've missed Jordy Nelson. Go Petco. I'll take that. Yeah. Thanks for the email, Jim. Yeah, he has an overall uh, good uh, perspective on the whole thing. Only week two. Yeah. We've looked like shit. But hopefully, <laughs> or, or shite. I don't know. Maybe he's just shite. Um, but but hopefully we aren't shite. It is, he, he does have a good perspective on it. And the sky isn't falling. It is only week two. But, you know, we did watch that whole game, and it was shite. brutal. Anyway, shite. Uh-huh. Uh Anyway, uh, the Badgers are three and zero. Arizona State's three and zero. Michigan's three and zero. So, I guess I'm okay. The Brewers. I haven't checked in a while. Mark, are the Brewers going to the playoffs? Uh, they're gonna. Ju- they're gonna just miss it. <laughs> that's, that's a bummer. That's I think. Much. I think the Cubs are forty games ahead of them. <laughs> But we do. Have but the they best. did just—they did just take a series from the Cubs at Wrigley. I know. I, I saw that. I did. No, I didn't watch it. I kind of had, have had to stop watching. First of all, I can't watch because they—they they have a different announcer every day. It's Brian Anderson, like half the time. And yeah. It's, and it's what's his name the other half of the time, and I just something about baseball. Like when you turn it on, you want the same voice. Right. I like it when Matt LePay does it, though. He's yeah. He's not bad. I'm just saying. 
I want I want BA. And right, we're never gonna have and we're never gonna yeah. have BA because he's only gonna start doing more and more and more of this other stuff that he does. Yeah, I think he'll be around as long as his kids are in school in Milwaukee and then he'll turn into Bob. But he's still Thomas. only like half time now. So it's it's considerably more than that. I would say it's probably eighty twenty. I would say half time based on the games I've tuned into. Because hmm. he missed the whole first month, remember? No. Okay, well he <laughs> I believe you, but I don't remember. Anyway, best farm <laughs> system in baseball. <laughs> Which is a Hang your head on that one. Yeah, a completely yeah. worthless statistic made up by people who don't know what they're doing. Judging yeah, talent. Like, that is how is that talent. relevant at all? Because yeah. <laughs> I could just decide it, that these 20 people are the best minor league players. We have no idea. It never works out that way. No. Anyway. Because, you, yeah, well, let's, yeah, let's not even go. Let's not go there. <laughs> uh, any, any last thoughts, Ty? Looking forward to the game next week? I am. Taking Isaiah. We're going to have a good time. Sweet. What did you yeah. eat during the game this week? Uh, I actually I had to photograph a concert during the first um, half of the game, uh, so I had a steak dinner before that, though. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You want to have something that allows you to stay light on your feet to take those photos. That wasn't a big <laughs> no, it was a little photos, like a light salad or you know a ribeye. Yeah, it wasn't. A, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a. Wasn't a. You know. I didn't have to run around Wasn't a lot a at this time. Oh, it didn't. See, sitting in a rocking chair taking pictures. Well, it's hey, a theater, so it kind of was. You with the that guitar. Way. Move over that way. The, the opening band was a guy with a guitar and a woman with a fiddle, so. Okay. Did they, really, have, they have a name? They're called Mandolin Orange. And then the headlining band was a band called Elephant Revival. Is that like. <laughs> Mandolin Orange? That's an awful name. Yeah. There, no, there's, you know there's, what it is, Matt. It's like, it's like, an Asian person mispronouncing Mandarin. No, I understand. Mandarin orange. It's just so. I, I would. They're fantastic. That's bad. They're really. really I believe bad. it, but that's a bad name. Yeah. Better than the Mark Little Band. Who's that? <laughs> Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Well, you should. You should have. What you should have done is had a website and put a little copyright next to that and then sold it to Major League Baseball back in the day. That's what you should have done. The MLB. Thought about it. Because you know who did that. There's a law firm, Marcus, uh, uh, he's to work for them. Uh, Morgan Lewis Bacchius had the website and then settled with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball decided they were going to get into the internet. And part of the settlement was, hey, you're Major League Baseball, do you need lawyers? Because <laughs> we're lawyers. So well, there you go. Not a bad deal. That no, probably no. was a t- that was probably an eight figure deal for them. Yeah, that's a big deal. Nice. But a uh, little story there. Well, yeah. little, little anecdote. Anyway, oh, well. all right. Packers lose. We're one and one. We have the Lions next week, which should be a win at home. Should be a joyous, uh, glorious, sunny Sunday at Lambeau Field. Um, and then a bye week. So, yeah, he's looking forward to that, right, guys? You know what, though, we're one and one, but we we should have been one and one if if you look at this game on paper six weeks ago. At least in my opinion, um, the actual development of the game 
was scarier than we would have liked, but I'm usually a little more doom and gloom than you are. I'm not really that worried. Did you notice how I was like moving towards a wrap up end type thing for the podcast? Yes. Was that you yeah. doing yeah. that? Yeah, that was I was doing that, and then you. I don't really listen. And then you said, Urgh. "I just wait. I just wait for little pregnant pauses, and then just start talking." Yeah. We noticed. Yeah. All right. I love you guys. Thanks for talking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> go back. Go. Go back. Are you ready?
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.